Hold on to your butt. I'm, of course, surprised that a story had such an immediate and profound effect upon radio listeners. Hooey pleases the boobs a great deal more than sense. Woe is us! We're in a lot of trouble! In politics, man must learn to rise above principle. What the hell are we doing here? We are behaving the way a superpower ought to behave. Well, our behavior has produced some crappy results. What we're witnessing now is the failure of the state. It is a death struggle for our republic. Giving voice to liberty in our time. Jimmy Clark. Welcome to the show, folks. So earlier today, I found an old uh, CD holder, like car visor CD holder. Remember CDs? Remember those things? And in it was music that I made in 2011 when I was 18 years old, probably smoking something in college. It was like one song had some redeeming qualities. So that put me in a good mood finding that little gem. But tonight we're going to change things up. We're not ranting and raving about the state of politics, though we may get to that. Not talking about the state of the union or men versus women or black versus white or, well, we're talking about YouTube against YouTube and a few other things. And joining me this evening to discuss this and whatever comes to mind is, well, a polymath producer, globe trotting trendsetter a curator of marsupials on the Book of Faces. These are just some of the ways you could describe my guest this evening, Matthew Tabor. Matthew, how are those you? Those are some of the ways. Just yeah, some, of the, some way. of the ways. Yeah, now, you're also, ways. You're also the co-host of uh, a new podcast, just successfully completed season one, The Create Unknown, and uh, also writer-producer on Vsauce 2 with uh, Kevin Lieber, also co-host of the podcast with you. And I have to say, I love it, number one. It's kind of opened my eyes Thank to you. a world I never knew really existed. Or I knew it was there, but I didn't realize people actually worked, you know. <laughs> Everybody thinks that uh, Kevin, uh, who, for anybody who isn't familiar with Vsauce, uh, any of the Vsauce channels or Kevin's Vsauce too, uh, it's science, technology, math, exploring really crazy interesting concepts and doing deep dives into different subjects and so kevin is the host on vsauce too and everybody thinks he just turns a camera on does some goofy stuff uploads this video and then bam he's famous (laughs) no there's probably a little more work well the latest video which i saw was trending quite well even though i don't know if trending means trending but uh, it was trending really well, and that, that some work had to go into that. Um, what was the name of it? I, I can't remember off the top of my head because it's, well, it's some fancy words. Uh, yeah, Mr. Beast's $1 million dilemma. And Mr. Beast is a guy on YouTube who has all sorts of crazy promotions. He gives away lots of money uh, to charities, to uh, viewers, to individual people. Like, for example, if I'm remembering right, when he got his 3 million subscriber, he gave that subscriber 3 million pennies. Wow. So, like, he, he does, he's really creative. He's amazing. I think he's out of uh, the Carolinas. And we found this game that was from uh, a 1983 Scientific American math article that uh, we read through it and we're like, hey, the only guy who would actually orchestrate this weird mind game would be Mr. Beast. And so we put that video together, popped it up, and you know, about a million and a half people in, in two days. And seeing it on 
trending on YouTube was a really big deal because it's tough to get on that list in the first place, but it's really tough when you're discussing a math game. You know, they want to see Jimmy Kimmel, not not uh, game theory. Well, absolutely. It's it's usually, but Kevin and and you uh, make these very complex ideas and the game, like in the distinction between rationality and I guess super rationality. It's like how can you make this entertaining, compelling? But y'all pulled it off. I was enthralled. I couldn't look away. Thanks. And it's you're talking about rational decision making and then super rationality, where you're you're focusing on or factoring in other people being rational too. So you know what you're thinking, then they know what they're thinking, then you know what they're thinking, you start to consider that, then they start to consider that you know that they know, and this loop just gets crazy. And if, if you really think about how that applies in real life, like anybody who's ever been on a first date has been in this position where they're thinking about how it's going. Then they start to wonder how the other person is thinking about it going. And then, you know, it goes back and forth and, you know, your mind gets twisted. And the applications of that are really, really neat. So we made a a cool video that tied into another creator we love. And it was cool to see the community like that. Well, and then also you have the Create Unknown. And I've learned a lot about, or a little bit, I would say, is probably actually the humble thing to say. A little bit about what y'all do and what creators on YouTube and other places go through their process, their ups and downs. And I I just think the show itself is giving me and gives anybody a view into that world uh, that not many people I think actually know exist, yet it's still very powerful. When you're talking about millions of people watching one of your videos, there's some influence there. There is. And the stats are absolutely shocking. I know a new round came out the other day. Uh, where uh, some basic things like the number of people uh, who have channels with at least a million subscribers pretty much doubled last year. And uh, even though I've been in this world for a while now and in online media before YouTube, I still cannot get over how powerful those those numbers are because I think of something like, uh, I don't know, let's say 50,000 people watching a video. Well, what is that? everybody in, in Yankee Stadium. Right. You know, imagine standing on the pitcher's mound and having a stadium full of people listening to everything that you're doing. That would be a shocking achievement. But there are just tons and tons of people uh, ranging from little tiny kids to uh, people of, of any age in every country, and they all have tens, hundreds of thousands, millions of people watching what they do. And that's a platform that you've got to pay attention to because it's certainly influential. Well, and I want to get more into this, especially that bonus episode you put out on the Create Unknown about the two YouTubes, but I've forgotten something here, Matthew. Mm-hmm. I, I, um, I smell uh, beef, like rendered beef fat. Like somebody's been cooking oh. a prime rib for five hours. It's ready to go to be carved. Do you have some beef with me, something you need to get off your chest? It's strange that that's the flavor that you smell. Because what I smell is a rotting carcass that has been festering yeah. for many, many months now. Mm. Mm. A rotting carcass. Is it a water buffalo? What, I mean, what is this carcass? Well, it, it came up about four months ago. But uh, first, before I tell you what the problem is, and there is a problem. Mm. The, the reckoning is coming. Mm-hmm. Uh, before I do that, I'm going to promise to say 
something nice about you after. Okay. <laughs> so about four months ago, you had a notion that the best way uh, to sprinkle some insults in political dialogue would be to use the term ding-dong. Is that right? Yes. I fully support this. Uh, and I like Cabbage Head as well. Uh, Southern Wood steered, steered you toward Cabbage Head after that bizarre uh, butt-lick exchange, didn't he? Yes, yes, he did. He, he almost made me sick in the ass. <laughs> it was uncomfortable, but as I'm listening to that, you're talking about the origin of it, and you described this man as bearded and handsome, mm. and, and I thought, oh, well, that, that's definitely true. Uh, and then you described uh, his girlfriend as being stunning, beautiful, charming, all of this. All of that's true, too. Um, but then you said that the guy was punching above his weight. Do you recall that? Actually, I do, vividly. I vividly recall <laughs> that. <laughs> so do I. Yeah, so do I. Uh, but I, I'm here to claim claim uh, to be that anonymous man because you withheld the name then. But I'm fully comfortable embracing Ding Dong. Okay. Well, I mean, are, do you deny you're punching above your weight? Uh, no, I, I probably am. <laughs> yeah, I probably am. Yeah, and I mean, it's just been too long, you know, good sir, kind sir, because, you know, we got to hang out and you saw all the things that happened to me at, at FeeCon 2018. Um, yeah. I mean, there I might have had a run-in with a lady of the night. I mean, you two, you and your, your lovely, charming girlfriend that's way above your weight that you're punching, she, uh, and you and her left me in this drunken state to be accosted by this street-walking cheetah, and the next <laughs> day, I ended up feeling the shame, even though I didn't do anything. I mean, I heard the price said, way too expensive. <laughs> well, hearing about, hearing that recap on, on the show was absolutely fantastic, and it was completely accurate, too. You had no embellishments, you didn't leave out anything that that would have uh, made things any any worse for you. No, it was an accurate retelling of the story, and so it warmed the cockles of my heart to to hear that level of accuracy on air. Well, um, I'm glad that you support. Well, I, I got the idea from you about the ding dong and ding dongery. I like to also contribute nincompoopery, ass hattery. Oh, that's good. Uh, yeah, and then and what was the other one? Uh, Cabbage Head? Cabbage Head, yeah, that was part of the episode, if I, if I remember right, because you were trying to get Southern Wood to uh, come up with something that had, that rolled off the tongue a little bit better than Butlick. Well, I, I think you got the Cabbage Well, I, I'll tell you what, Good Lord, Matt, Southern Wood, where'd oh, you come from? Lick my butt. <laughs> <laughs> you just say his name and he appears. I, I'm, I'm like, I'm, yes, you did. I'm like Sandman. You say it three times, and he just shows up. What's up, my man? Not a whole lot. And listen, lot. listen. My wife listens to this show. Do not reference my girlfriend, please. My, I, I, my, I didn't punch ahead for my girlfriend. I punched ahead for my wife. Oh, that's yes, my wife. Sure, I don't have a girlfriend, as far as y'all know. <laughs> Correct. Correct. Yes, I don't. Absolutely. Why would I have a girlfriend? Oh Lord, uh, I'm sorry to keep the surprise. I'm not sorry at all. I had to surprise you like that, Matt. <laughs> oh, I, I am thrilled because I've been listening to you guys since. 
since before I met you, Joey, a couple months before I met you, I, I listened to an episode or two. I'm like, oh, this this is a good show to pop on occasionally. And then when we uh, when we met up and uh, you were on this on this panel about getting started in the media business entertainment. And you were on there with Kevin Lieber from Vsauce 2. And you were on there with, with uh, Maura Lewitt, the girl we've referenced, who yes. uh, is a makeup artist in, in Las Vegas. Uh, and uh, it, it was amazing to hear some of the themes that we talked about on that weekend pop up in, in the shows and then hear people like Southern Wood put their spin on it and have you guys go back and forth. And so I, I love these episodes. Uh, well, well, obviously, Matt... Uh, you have no life. <laughs> if you listen to this show on a podcast for no reason, you really have nothing else to do in your life. Because it really pretty much sucks. I mean, I'm just being honest with you. This is why I invite you on. <laughs> well, I'm glad that you're here because the, the good thing that I was going to say, the nice thing I was going to say to Joey was that I've really been, uh, I've, I've had a great time listening to specific episodes, right? right. And I don't mm -hmm. remember exactly when it was, but I, we were driving from Las Vegas to Laughlin. We had this beautiful red convertible, and it was you know 90 degrees, gorgeous. Of course, I have the Joey Clark Radio Hour playing. And it was, uh, it was the episode where uh, you, Southern Wood, told the story about... Um, breaking the necklace that came with your dad's cologne oh yeah i do i remember yeah. that it was uh sterling yeah. sterling uh cologne. sterling that's right yeah and yeah a little and so yeah i know what you're talking about you said there was a little boot on it or a cowboy hat i forget no it was uh it was a. it was a cow head it was like a long horn oh. not a big mm -hmm. long horn but it was a a, a bull you mm -hmm. know with horns and that was what the necklace was. I mean, it was the coolest freaking thing <laughs> sure in the history was. of the world. I wish I could find well, that thing. I was driving down the highway. I'm listening to this story. And this is a really good father-son story. And I'm just looking around. The sun's out. Somebody I love. I'm having a nice time. I hear this great story. And, and it just kind of came together in my head. And I thought, I'm really happy right now. My life is really good. And so I associate that memory with a story from Joey Clark Radio Hour. Well, so I'm really thrilled that you popped on. That's Man, awesome. that I mean, that just I I can't feel any better than I feel right now. He's tickled right now. But but seriously, <laughs> that's I think that is the 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 deal with this show with Joey's show is it's just a freaking conversation. Yeah, free for all. And Joey and I, I mean, we're not best friends. We don't hang out. Every weekend, oh, that's certainly he's true. never been to my house. That's certainly true. Although well. he's been invited several times yeah, at the last minute. Well, I do call it like five thirty, and say we're fixing to eat. <laughs> but the uh, the I, I think the thing is, and it, it kind of goes through this whole station mm -hmm. on uh, News Talk yeah. ninety three point mm -hmm. one is it's a lot of conversational radio, and that sounds like a tagline. But it's not necessarily a tagline. Well, because even the people that you have on are Baron or Dan, right? Or you know, Greg and the guys in the morning with Amy. Mm -hmm. uh, but it's it's 
we're just all friends, and you just tell stories and things like that come out. Well, I did. I I like being able to pull that off when I can. I mean, sometimes I like to monologue and listen to the sound of my own voice, but when I can, it's because all of my favorite podcasts and other shows out there have this style, very conversational, laid back, but full of information. And uh, actually, that's something that I love about, to shift back a little bit here, Matthew, Mm -hmm. uh, the Create Unknown, is that... It's not as polished as I would say a YouTube video needs to be, where, I mean, you probably have scripts, you have certain points and beats you need to hit, whereas hearing people that do that for a living just kind of sit down, have a conversation, and they're all part of this world, uh, it's just, I love any little window into a world where people are passionate about their ideas, what they do with their career, and are just talking. And that's what y'all have pulled off in season one of The Create Unknown. And I wanted to ask you, how did you, because you've been in this online world and media production for a while, how did you get started? So I originally did text-based news surrounding education policy, teaching, curriculum, things like that. Uh, But I've known Kevin for a long time. We grew up together but didn't didn't talk or know each other much. and then when we were in our 20s, we were both trying to do things online. And I was doing my thing. He was doing video comedy, stuff like that. And so we saw our careers kind of go up together. And occasionally we'd help each other out. Um, when he started started exploring some of the, the really complex topics, it's virtually impossible for one person to know all the angles about a subject like uh, where did the color blue come from? Uh, the concept of blue as something distinctly separate from a shade of green when there's almost no blue that exists naturally in, in the world. Mm-hmm. In nature, there's not a lot of blue. Uh, the number of things that pop into that, the number of disciplines, it's tremendous, and no one person can do it. So we would talk about those episodes, and uh, that worked out really well, and we'd talk about the next one, and eventually uh, I started working more closely with him. But along the way... We were meeting all of these different people doing really different things. And we've talked to a broad range of people in the first season of The Create Unknown, guys like uh, Destin Sandlin from Smarter Every Day. Um, he is, uh, he's right in Alabama, and he's got one of the best science channels ever uh, and a massive, massive following of people. He has his own creative process, and then you talk to somebody somebody like uh, iDubbbz, if mm. if you guys know him, he does absurdist level comedy and really pushes the boundaries on, uh, on content on YouTube. He has his own creative process. We started to get to know these people and realized that they're all succeeding wildly, but they're all doing it differently. And we need to talk to each of them about what they do well, why they do it the way they do it, and put it in terms that the people who view and love their content can understand. Absolutely. Uh, what's ironic, though, is my favorite episode of The Create Unknown this season was the bonus episode. This is why I reached out to yeah. you, is uh, your theory of two YouTubes. And <laughs> I, I kind of want you to lay out the story. I'll just say that uh, YouTube put out their year-in-review video, and there was an interesting reaction to it. I'll put it that way. Uh, that's fair to say. So the year in review 
it's really like a video yearbook, and it's meant to to show the creators and events, stuff like that, that is associated with that year. Uh, it was pretty popular at the beginning, um, and last year it wasn't. There was a mixed reaction. Well, this year they highlighted a lot of creators who a portion of the YouTube community just weren't into. Um, they ignored some really popular creators like PewDiePie, who has the most subscribed channel on the entire platform with something like 81, 82 million subs right now. He wasn't even included in the video. So fans of guys like PewDiePie were looking at this and saying, your yearly wrap-up doesn't reflect the YouTube that we're using. So Kevin and I started talking about what that indicated. And our theory is that there are kind of two distinct YouTubes that are running in parallel right now. Everybody's looking at videos on the same platform, uh, but it's it's night and day. It's night and day, and those communities are very, very separate. You know, as I was listening to y'all uh, talk about it, and folks who want to know more, I would encourage y'all to go search the Create Unknown and the Theory of Two YouTubes, something like that. You should find it very quickly and, and subscribe to the Create Unknown. And you can hear more in depth because I don't want to steal that thunder. But as I was listening to y'all talk, Matthew, I uh, I started thinking about the WWE because I've become deep into this wrestling world. And it reminded me of in wrestling, you have sort of your casual fan who may watch a couple of the big pay-per-views like Royal Rumble or WrestleMania. They might catch Raw occasionally or SmackDown. But they're, and all they know is WWE, what WWE presents. But then they're. Yeah, (laughs) brother. That's right, Sutherland. (laughs) (laughs) But then there are your diehards who watch WWE, but they're very unhappy with the WWE product. And they'll go, oh, the real action's over in New Japan with Kenny Omega and the thing going on with AEW and Chris Jericho and Cody and the Young Bucks. And, like, you have this very passionate fan group that, interestingly enough, has made their name on YouTube, well, I think their show being the Elite. And so it reminded me of, okay, there's this passionate group that will subscribe, that will like, that will comment, but they are kind of ignored by the big corporate brand. And it's almost that's what is exactly happening with YouTube. That sums it up. It really does. There are creators and channels that YouTube likes to see as a reflection of that platform, and they give them tremendous support and and promotion. And then somebody like a PewDiePie, who uh, just is not in that category, they don't give them nearly as much support, and in many cases, none at all. But what do you do if you're YouTube? Because the people who are in uh, kind of the classic classic world uh, that is family-friendly, saccharine kind of videos, uh, music videos, things like that. Um, what do you do when you're trying to support the creators that they like, but your platform is populated with people who are doing the opposite of that, and they need the advertising money too so they can keep doing what they're doing. And uh, a massive portion of fans love them. So every decision that YouTube makes as a company is going to fall differently onto the shoulders of those two types of creators and the communities that that watch their videos well and and that's the one thing that i would add to that or or apply to that is it seems like that entertainment has become so political 
that wow. there's there's underlying everything to everything anymore. You can't just have a funny show. You can't just do something entertaining. You've got to also you've got to do something entertaining plus you've got to coalesce with what the PC culture says mm-hmm. that you're supposed to do. So you're saying it's and not like if ex- you buck that system, right. then it's like, yeah, sure, 20 million people look at this, but it's not popular. Bullcrap. Well, and it's not it's like popular. It's, it's explicitly political and said that this is the progressive Democrat agenda or the Republican agenda. It's more like you're not keeping up with the brand. And we're warned to yeah, go. Yeah, that's a better way to put it. Yeah, and there are legitimate reasons for that. If you're talking about kids, you're talking about a certain sort of content, if you're trying to get big sponsors and big money in. But I, I just, I, to keep the wrestling uh, metaphor going, I almost see PewDiePie as like YouTube Shawn Michaels. Why we have to keep going to PewDiePie? Because he's the most popular independent guy, <laughs> Southernwood. Uh, it's, it's it's like Shawn Michaels in the 90s, where Shawn Michaels was, I mean, hammered all the time on all sorts of drugs, just telling people off, sleeping with people's wives, but he was the showstopper. He was re- Mr. WrestleMania, so they couldn't actually kick him off. They couldn't actually discipline him, and PewDiePie seems to have so much power, uh, Matt, that he's a thorn in their side. Well, and Joey, I think you just said something without realizing you said it. Yeah about the brand there's an old saying about riding for the brand and that goes back to the wild west Mm -hmm. and you know how we brand cattle and that's if you were employed by the person that had a bar s on the hip of the cows you were loyal to them no matter what Mm. it didn't matter if you agreed with them disagreed with them if they did something bad if they did something good you were loyal to that brand, mm. and so I I like the fact that you used that word okay. that you're riding for the brand. But is it true though, in your opinion, Matt, that there are some creators on YouTube and other places that they've become so popular, so powerful that they can get away with certain things, say others couldn't? Uh, that's that's probably true. Um, that's definitely true. I mean, it's like anywhere else. Uh, the more people you have behind you, the more a platform or whatever the, the uh, metaphor is, uh, they need you. And they're willing to accommodate or treat you a little differently or uh, sort it out. Whereas if, for example, on YouTube, if you're a very small channel, you do something that the system has usually automatically, meaning not human review uh, deems is is something that that's so offensive they have to shut a video down something like that uh what are you going to do about it? it's really tough your recourse is not the same as if you have somebody uh you have a, a manager for example at at the company at youtube who you can call and just say hey can we talk about what happened and then resolve this one way or the other so there's a, definitely a bit of status at play that makes the same problem much easier to deal with for some people than for others. Absolutely. And uh, we got to hit a, a break here, uh, Matt. Uh, again, my guest this evening, folks, is Matthew Tabor. He is co-host of the podcast, The Create Unknown. If you want to learn about the world and living online of YouTube creators, other types of creators, check out that podcast and subscribe wherever podcasts are available. And, I, I, and 
Also, check out Vsauce, too. Kevin does, y'all do great work there. You, you really do take what can be fairly complicated ideas and you, you make it entertaining, you make it compelling. Um, just the recent video is uh, evidence of that, at least. And when we come back from the break, I want to do something. Using your wit, your power of analysis, your expertise in the online space, Matt, I, I'm going to go through just my YouTube history in this week. And I want you to tell me what type of YouTuber am I? Because, you know, okay. there's, there are different types, but uh, I don't know. It, it, it'll be a little revealing for the audience. This is the this is the crap sure. I watch, but uh, it'll be a quick break. Be right back. More with uh, Matthew Tabor right after this, folks. Welcome back, folks. Now, as promised, we're going to use the power, the wit, the analysis of an experience of Matthew Tabor here to mm-hmm. uh, help me figure out what type of YouTuber I am. So, well, and, and I'm doing my best to be quiet over here. Yeah, I know you. You know, I'm I'm real shy. <laughs> I don't like to talk a whole lot, but it's, okay, it's killing me. Whatever, Polonius. Just <laughs> keep it together. Keep it together. <laughs> but I'm, I'm, this is, this has been a great conversation. Uh, indeed. I've enjoyed that. Yeah, likewise. So I wrote this down. Here's some of what I have, <laughs> and I also share my YouTube account with one of my roommates, Andrew. So any soul music in here is his. But, uh, okay. I like that stuff too, so it counts. Anyway, the first thing that showed up in my history is the classic country song by Ronnie McDowell, Older Women. <laughs> okay. Um, the second one was I Justine's review of the Peloton treadmill. That's oh yeah. I was like, that's a really cool device. I'd want to check out what she does, and I liked it. That was cool. Hey, did you hear uh, our interview with Justine yes. in season one? Yes. Yeah, she's fascinating. I mean, to be to be the first person ever to stream on on Twitch before it was even called Twitch. Uh, she's been around the game. For a long time and consistently reinvented herself she's amazing she is one of the coolest people i have ever talked to in my life and her talent is just it's just massive in so many different directions so and I'm the, glad you're, you're looking at her stuff yeah and to be the first one like you said on any platform i mean people get proud for you know going first in the comment section they're usually like fifth you know <laughs> but it's uh that it, she is amazing from just a little bit I watched and what I heard on y'all's show. Okay, it moves on to a bunch of Athlene X and Celtic Warrior workout videos. And now, uh, well, what? Athlene X is a, right. is a dude who kind of teaches you techniques and proper ways to work out. Celtic Warrior is Seamus, the wrestler. He meets up with other wrestlers and he tries out their workouts and it's they talk and it's entertaining. <sighs> yeah, like John Cena just did one with them where they row their way to a better snatch. Okay, that's the fifth point on why people question Joey's sexuality. Well, go ahead and question. I'm, I'm just... <laughs> go just ahead and question. Making a note. <laughs> okay, it moves on to a bunch of Christopher Hitchens debates. I've been watching those recently. Senator Rand Paul's okay. recent speech, 
condemning that Senate resolution, condemning Donald Trump. Great speech. That was a good speech. Uh, Turn Back the Hands of Time by Tyrone Davis from the Turning Point album, 1976, the slow version, not the poppy fast version. Uh, A few Kevin Hart's web series like Cold as Balls and What the Fit. Uh, Bad Lip Reading, NFL edition just came out. Hot Ones, been loving the new season. Cats 101 videos and Cats Being Jerks videos. Uh, the latest Joe Rogan episodes, some Your Mom's House episodes, some Motor Week retro videos, <laughs> and uh, the Prince Super Bowl halftime show. That's kind of been this week for the most part. That's a pretty good representation, though. That's, that's a broad mix of stuff, isn't it? Absolutely. And this is legit. I didn't contrive this at all. Like, uh, this okay. is what I have watched in the last week. Okay, so are you ready for my analysis? Of course, yes. Okay, you would be, well, in my anal- I'm going to preface this by saying that my analysis is a bit biased from uh, having listened to your show and knowing some of the things you think about and the way you think about them. Hmm. So I'm not going completely cold here, where if we, uh, if, I, if I got, you know, Southern Woods uh, list of, of browsing history. Um, uh, you, know, you don't want to say that. come from that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to see anything that I would have to testify about at a trial. I'll put it that way. So, uh, we, <laughs> so we, we go through this, right? Your list of stuff. Um, there's a lot of culture and really thinking about how people live their lives. So you started off with, with a song, um, a classic song, too. This is not some top 40 thing. Uh, it's a song that's a couple couple decades old. Uh, then you went into uh, well, let's see, Tech with with I Justine. Mm-hmm. Uh, what was it? Peloton? Is that what you said she was reviewing? Yeah, the Peloton treadmill. Okay, yeah, uh, and then the workout video. So you've got health, and I don't really take you as somebody who's into the health and workout stuff for pure vanity. It's not like you're a bodybuilder. This is about living a good life and feeling good, right? That's true. So you get that, and then you go into the intellectual stuff, the, the Christopher Hitchens, the Rand Paul. Um, you, like to, you like to think about things, get a bunch of different angles, and those are guys who are fairly, well, fairly well-read. Christopher Hitchens certainly yeah. is one, was one of the masters. These are smart guys. They're not just people giving their opinions. They're really sharp, well-constructed arguments, and that's what you're drawn to. And then you finish it off, with with comedy and lighter stuff, whether it was cat videos uh, or Kevin Hart. So I take all of that together and mix it up. And it's somebody who really wants to understand the human experience, how people think, how they feel, and what that adds up to in somebody's daily life. Does that sound fair to you? That sounds absolutely fair. That was so nice of you. I mean, you're allowed to rip me a new one if you like. Ah, that's, but this is this is what you do. And you, you and Southernwood and your other guests, too, you talk about these topics in the same way that you just listed those videos to me. You hit several different areas, but they're all bouncing around this theme of how does this matter to life. Hmm. Uh, when you were talking a couple weeks ago, I don't know if it was two weeks or, or what, you guys had a discussion about mythology, about dragons. Yeah. Um, that was really fascinating. And you did that really in, in the context of how how people think about the world around them. 
know, and Vsauce too. Kevin did a, a video on dragons uh, a while ago, about a year ago, called the Millions Year War, and it was about it was about the the notion of the dragon in mythology and the human experience. And, and he found that dragons are a combination of humanity's greatest predators, like the raptor, cougar, snake, all wrapped up into one. And then you might as well add fire to that to make it even more terrifying, right? Right. Correct. So he talked about that in terms of how different people believe uh, in, in, in dragons and how that factors into the mythology. And many of those themes popped up when you guys talked. So when you were saying, oh, what kind of YouTuber would I be? Well, I hear all of this stuff. I think about your past shows. You're a guy that wants to help other people understand the world. I think that's absolutely fair. Well said. And I, sure. I just pulled up the Millions Year War, Man versus Dragon. I got to watch this. Like this. Looks, I think you guys will like it. This will be uh, really, really awesome. Okay. Well, I, I'll check that out now. Well, you want to say something, Southernwood? Just go ahead. No, no. Keep you, it. Keep you, it brief. You though. keep giving me the finger. Yeah. Like the bzzzit, well, I know. Bzzzit. I know your habits. No, I just. I want <laughs> to know. Honestly, do you believe in dragons? Yes or no? That they actually existed at one point. Do I believe in dragons? Yes. Do, or do you believe that they existed at one point? Some form of that. I mean, anything is possible in the combination of of uh, bizarre little bits of nature that, that humanity has had to deal with. Uh, but I, I'd say... The evidence is, is probably scant, uh, but it's, you know, you talked a few weeks ago about, about how people all over the world can have the same idea, like how they all had a creation myth. And it's Correct. pretty interesting that pretty much everybody came up with some version of a dragon worldwide. Uh, that's such a, a highly specific combination of, of things, and that shows the commonality in what's going on in, in people's heads, in their, in their wiring, uh, to to even come up with that combination and then work it into the things that they respect, the things that they fear. Yeah, I, I think, I'm, I'm not sure if I'd see the evidence either, Southernwood, of of their their actual existence in the way we've maybe mythologized them. But there's probably, as you were saying, it's an amalgamation of all sorts of different predators and things we've had to face. Yeah, and, and, that's, and, and that may be where it came from, but I think Matt, I mean, he made the point... Mm is how is it you've got people in Australia, in uh, Eastern Asia, sure. in Europe, and the United States that all have the same stories about these fire-breathing beings that can fly and they're, you know, ginormous. Mm -hmm. It's hard to believe that all over the world... These civilizations could make up this story, well, but Matt. I know what's going on here, Matt. I, I know what's going on here. I okay. I know this man, and uh, you've been watching too much Game of Thrones. You have the hots for Daenerys, don't you? Yes, I do. <laughs> she is the greatest. My wife has got the hots for her. Oh, oh wow! <laughs> That's what I said. I'm like, come on, Lena. So you just want that fantasy to be really true. No, it's it's not that I want it to be true. Yeah. I do I do think that Matthew is right. I think it is an exaggeration, the breathing, the fire sure, and yeah. things like that. 
But I think there were large beasts that were slayed and they were populating the entire earth because there's no way the Navajo Indians would have drawings in a cave of the same beasts that were portrayed as dragons, you know, in Europe. Yeah. I mean, that's just doesn't... We need coincidental. more, and we need more investigation. I think this is a, a great topic for. That searching. was before the internet. Sure, nobody sent, <laughs> uh, you know, uh, Hiawatha a text right. in Colorado and said, <laughs> "Look at this picture. Look at this thing that just tried to eat me." That didn't happen. <laughs> did you? Where did you pull Hiawatha out? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> but uh, okay. Uh, Matt, I, there's one thing uh, y'all do at the end of each the Create the Unknown episode, uh, and it is great. You essentially take these very creative people and you ask them a question that sort of tickles their imagination and sets them up to, there's no right or wrong answer. And I, I love this. And some of the answers, they're usually hilarious. Uh, that's what I like oh, yeah. about them. So I... I was thinking earlier today, could I come up with one of those for you? Because, I mean, you're a creative yourself and got that vast imagination, so let's have a little fun. Um, So, imagine you're kind of like you, but it's an alternative universe in this vast multiverse. And when you're born, you're born right on your right butt cheek is a, a very prominent birthmark and almost like a um oblong circle with two half circles on each it almost looks like a head but you're not quite sure and and when you're born it's so bizarre looking that even the doctors are asked to check it out even further by your parents and uh you know it but there's like it's fine it's just a prominent birthmark on his right butt cheek and as you grow older i mean especially in the early adolescence and puberty you you find yourself self-conscious. Like, if I have to take my pants off, for instance, in front of the girl, uh, one of the girls in class that I'm hitting on, like, what's she going to think of it? You know, these sort of things. But as you grow into a man, you become confident in it. It almost becomes a, a party favor. Like, you're mooning people just because it's the, for the hell of it. But then you grow out of that phase, and you've almost forgotten about this prominent birthmark on your right butt cheek. It's... Um, it's just something that you, it's part of you. But then one day, on your 30th birthday, the morning of your 30th birthday, you wake up, you do your normal morning routine, you get into the bathroom, take off all your clothes, you're about to hop into the shower. And all of a sudden, it's like a, a immense, almost like sciatica pain, but, but more specific, specific, like acute, right at where the birthmark is. It's, it's almost like it's glowing, and all of a sudden, it's like you are sucked down through the floor of the shower, like interdimensional travel, and you black out. And when you wake up and come to, you look around and it's this vast population of people. And they're all staring, dumbfounded, shocked, and in awe, though, of you laying there on the ground, on your stomach, your birthmark prominent to be seen, and it seems to have grown hair and the unique thing about these people, Matthew, is that they uh, they all have, like, marsupials by their side, like their spirit animals, like koalas, wombats, roos. And all of a sudden, what looks like one of the leaders goes, he has the mark, the mark of, of God. And they stand up, they all take a knee, bow, even the marsupials, 
and they ask you to speak to them for the first time as their God, what do you say? I tell them how lucky I am for two things. Number one, that this mark shaped my life. What you described in the beginning is that even though this is something that was hidden, it's hidden underneath my pants. Nobody sees this without my permission. Even though nobody can see it, it drives many decisions I make about my life, who I am, how I behave, how I represent myself. It's all going on internally. And I am not, without this mark, I am not the person who, who I would be if I, if, I, you know, if I didn't have it. And then when I descend, which, by the way, I think you've got it backwards, it would be an ascension. Because if I'm in, uh, if I'm in a place surrounded by marsupials, I am very clearly in the heaven I've dreamed about all my life. So I look around, I realize that I'm finally with my people. Uh, and I tell them how blessed I am to have had that uh, interspecies connection and that we're finally one. The marsupials and the humans are beginning to form the singularity that nature has intended. And I'm happy to be their leader through that transitionary period. <laughs> That, that is that mag- is that's life. magnificent. <laughs> that's, that's a lot better than what I had. Because uh, oh, what, what I had was what I had was Joey, you're crazy as hell. <laughs> that's that was my answer. You did a lot well, better job. When he when he got done laying out the situation, I thought, you know, Joey, why didn't you ask me a question I hadn't thought about before? <laughs> <laughs> Because I know you you do. I'm not lying, folks. He is the master curator of marsupials on the Book of Faces. You're big into marsupials. I love koalas. Where does that come? Don't you? You have a little partner on all your jet setting around the world like Ric Flair. I mean, you've got a little partner with you, right? Yeah, Jeeves Koala. Jeeves has been uh, my personal valet for many years now. but no, it does come from a, a real story. Uh, I was living out. I was living in the San Fernando Valley in Los Angeles, and uh, my career hadn't taken off yet. But I was working constantly, and my my girlfriend at the time had an amazing career. That was really cool. And she said, joking, and this sounds horrible, but it really wasn't. Uh, she said, "You know, we're like those koalas where I'm the strong leader, and you're the little helpless one that rides on its back." <laughs> So this was a bit of a blow, but honestly, it was said in jest, and it was hilarious at the time. But when that happened, I thought, all right, I'm cool with this. I will be the best tiny useless koala ever. And I must have been 25 or so, uh, 24, 25. And I just thought, that's awesome because koalas are cool. So I started getting really into into koala stuff and reading about koalas because they're so weird. Like anything with a pouch is weird. So... (laughs) It started with koalas, and then I went into uh, you know, kangaroos, wallabies, bilbies. Uh, oh, possums! Possums, yeah, yeah. Sure. No, they're really cool. And there's, you know, I, it's a, it's amazing to have Facebook because I can follow accounts for all of these wildlife preserves in Australia, and pages like like Sesame the Possum, uh, they just make cool videos and put pictures up of these bizarre little little creatures all day long, and I'm like, we kill a lot of good time that way. Uh, but it's a really fun thing, and uh, I I just like throwing uh, marsupials in. And 
it's so easy to get bogged down by news and politics and everything else. It's really nice to have something that's flat out fun. Well, and I've enjoyed actually watching your curation of all these videos because it, especially when they mention Joey's, because I'm like, oh yeah, I'm a Joey, they're That's Joey, right. and they're adorable, and I'm adorable, not really. <laughs> but yeah, I just, it's uh, it's a lot no, of fun. No, no, um, no, 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 don't, don't go there, Joey. What? No. <laughs> There's no. a reason I wore this cheap heat tonight, brother, brother, on no, my head. I, I see you cheap heat, but your cheap heat's getting Why don't you old. go get that paddle I gave you off the mantle? I'll give you a whooping like you won't believe. I, I meant to bring it with me tonight. I got my jorts on. Your dress I'm jorts? I'm throw down. <laughs> I do, actually. I do have my dress jorts oh, on Oh, the tonight. ones with the pleats? Yeah, yeah, yeah. they are. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, folks, our guest tonight has been Matthew Tabor. He is co-host. Check out the Create Unknown. You can find it wherever podcasts are available. Uh, I think season two is in the works, right? That's right. We've got massive plans for season two, uh, which should should be uh, debuting uh, in a matter of weeks. That'll be cool. Uh, but we had such an incredible response from season one. We've got an awesome fan base, and we decided, hey, for season two, we're really going to blow this up into a much larger, more visual experience based on what we want to do and what we know the community loves. And so we're very excited about the set, the guests, everything. Absolutely. And folks, also go on YouTube, subscribe to Vsauce 2. Uh, Matt is not in front of the camera, but Kevin is. They're fantastic videos. Um, dude, it's been a pleasure I talking to you tonight. I'm glad to know you and have met you. One second. One second quickly, uh, so uh, we'll run out of time. Uh, Matthew, can, can I give the tagline for season two? I'm going to give this away. I know you didn't want to do this tonight, <laughs> but can I give the tagline away? All right. All marsupials, all the time. <laughs> season two. <laughs> Oh, wow. If you ain't got a pouch, get out. (laughs) Because we want to have a season three, we're probably probably going to table that one. But I I appreciate the suggestion. Oh, a blast tonight, man. Thank you so much for being on the show, and thank you so much for uh, listening. And uh, I hope you have a good rest of the night. Hey, you too. And you guys keep doing what you're doing because I love it. Hey, great talking to you. Very much a pleasure meeting you. And folks, thank you for listening. I'll be back tomorrow.